Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Hello and welcome. This is Hannah, your host of this episode of Thinking Ahead, the GFK Insights Podcast. Today, we're entering the world of esports. Esports describes the world of competitive, organized video gaming. But who is its audience, and why should brands and marketers pay attention? I have Ben Perro, Category Director of Sports and Gaming at MRI Simmons with me to help answer these questions. Ben is an advocate for the esports and gaming industry and has been instrumental in developing the MRI Simmons Sports Fan Study to include actionable measurement of esports fans. Welcome to Thinking Ahead, Ben. Thanks for having me, Hannah. Excited to be here. Yeah. yeah. So to start off, uh, the definition of esports can be difficult in semantics, and it's a newer concept, so it's widely debated. Can you tell us how you define it at MRI Simmons and why? Definitely. So one of the things that we, uh, this was a you know, really important consideration when we were going back and assessing our, our sports fan study for 2020 and the way that we defined esports. Um, and so I went and spoke with a bunch of folks in the industry to make sure we kind of got this right and this is what we landed on. So esports is defined as multiplayer video game competitions that are usually played by professional players and are filmed and broadcast for fan viewing. Um, so the important words here are that it's professional players, it's organized, um, and there's like, you know, there's like league bodies um, that are generally kind of um, keeping these things together. So that's how we define esports. It's more narrow than just gaming in general or, you know, gaming influencers online. It's really the competitive organized um, gaming specifically. While I was preparing for our conversation today, Ben, I read an article from Marketing Insider. It stated, quote, the global lockdowns and unprecedented pause in traditional sports have accelerated the growth of esports, creating a massive moment for the industry to capitalize on. So how much has COVID had an impact on esports and would it have been the same without it? Yeah, I mean, there's I think it's a, a, a weighted question and I've been reading the stats as well. Um, you know, Modern esports was born online, so there's kind of this idea that, well, if, if traditional sports are coming off of TV and more people are spending time online, um, that you know makes sense that esports could adapt more readily to to this kind of online format. And in many ways, they have. Um, but I think you know esports is also challenged too. You know the the boom of esports that we've seen over the last you know let's say three years here in the U.S. Um, was really contingent on being able to host these very high uh, production, you know, very clean uh, mega events um, in, in big stadiums around the country. Um, and obviously, you know, just like traditional sports, those can't happen right now. So um, adapting has been, you know, it was not it was not planned for esports to have to kind of go back into its online shell. Um, but certainly they're they're they've been able to. Um, to get there or to put something out a bit more quickly than traditional sports because they don't need all of their players and, and gamers in the same physical space. Um, but there are, you know, like traditional sports, there's um, to have this kind of highest caliber of competition, you need to make sure that everyone has a secure internet where they are um, so that they can, you know, get on the game and play fluidly. If there's any kind of lag time, you could eventually, you could affect the match. And there's 
potentially, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line for these matches. So, you know, those are the kinds of like, you know, under the hood types of uh, concerns that the industry is having to uh, to respond to. But um, they've definitely, you know, been doing a great job by and large to uh, to create these new all online events. I think that there's an opportunity for this period to attract uh, new esports fans that are not just like short-term fans. And we see in our data um, that about 5% of all sports fans in the country are um, watching esports to fill up um, you know, their time. Um, a much larger percentage of them are, use, are playing video games. Um, so you know, kind of the, the rise of esports starts with the rise of gaming. Um, and so the kind of one follows the other. Um, and it should go without saying that this trend is particularly driven by younger audiences and younger um, male audiences especially. So actually a full one in 10 of men 18 to 34 um, are, are watching esports um, to fill gap that would have been otherwise spent watching traditional sports. So you mentioned that esports, you know, kind of came with the rise of gaming. And I think that there is a certain stereotype when it comes to people who are really into gaming. So in terms of those who participate in esports, what are the stereotypes and are they accurate to its followers? Um, yeah, I'm going to say no, just off the bat, that uh, not accurate to its followers. I think, um, you know, the esports audience is a lot maybe larger um, than people would anticipate. And it's uh, kind of started to melt into other areas of pop culture in many ways. And this was one of the um, the big reasons that we felt measuring esports within our sports fan study was so important was to kind of, you know, both break these stereotypes, but also understand esports fandom in context to, you know, all of America's media habits and, you know, fandom of other things. So, yeah, so I think esports has kind of moved past the stereotype that these are, you know, more introverted, you know, maybe nerdy people um, that you know are just not, you know not as social as others. Um, and and our data shows that that's not true. Um, you know, a third of eighteen to thirty four year olds in the U.S. consider them selves esports fans. I don't think that a third of eighteen to thirty four year olds would also identify as you know being part part of those stereotypes. But then again, like nerdy is cool now, right? So maybe people would be proudly nerdy. Um, I'm not sure. Um, you know, other things that our data shows, um, you know, these people are are active. They are, a lot of them are also traditional sports fans. Um, I think that kind of goes against what the stereotype of, of an esports fan would be. Um, they are, uh, you know, active individuals. You know, uh, a majority of them do some some sort of uh, exercise at least once a week. Um, they they do lean heavily male, as I mentioned before. About two thirds of them are men. Um, and among 18 to 34 year olds, that can go, it goes up to about 80%. They come from, they tend to come slightly from higher income households. They tend to, you know, be highly educated uh, or, or still in school to get their, you know, uh, college degree or advanced degrees. Um, and they're highly motivated to do well in their careers. So I think those are just, you know, some examples of, um, of you know, maybe where this, this audience is different than perhaps people expect. They under-index on being um, Caucasian um, and over-index for all other racial groups um, so that they're a diverse crowd. Um, and also, I think female esports fans is an under-considered um, cohort within this. About a third of, of esports fans um, are women, so there's an opportunity there um, for advertisers you know, to consider. Yeah, I definitely think a third is 
a larger group than I would have expected. So that's a really interesting statistic, especially for advertisers. Definitely. And we can, with our data, we can even drill down further to what particular genres of esports um, are attracting, you know, more women or, or versus the other. So, you know, we, we our data says, you know, two thirds are men, um, but that's across all genres of esports. So there are certain genres that attract more men than, than others. How much does the current halt to traditional sports leagues have to do with the rise of esports participation? Even though I know you mentioned that, of course, esports is usually in a a stadium as well. They are a little more, you know, able to continue on right now compared to a traditional sport. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to get a little um, maybe a little pretentious here and say that, you know, it's less about esports participation and more about esports like fans engaging with it. Um, so there are, you know, people definitely are, are watching more esports, the esports that are still able to run right now. Um, Twitch, you know, Twitch is not all not just esports. Twitch is, you know, gaming in general. They also have a lot of non-gaming, more and more non-gaming content coming to the platform. Um, but the channel overall has seen a 24% increase um, in times of COVID, um, you know, and as events are moving toward, you know, virtual, um, this is new opportunities um, for for the leagues that are hosting the events and the advertisers that are that are coming into them. So, um, you know, I think in general that we're seeing more focus on gaming. That's definitely rising through COVID. Um, we'll see as traditional sports come back how much of that carries over. That's what I'm most interested in seeing. Um, but, you know, overall, I think this is just kind of adding fuel to a trend that was that had already started. All right. It'll be interesting to see what happens when the stadiums can open and, you know, they have this new audience that they didn't have before. Definitely. So MRI Simmons recently announced that it had a new wave of esports insights. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? So the nitty gritty of it, we um, now we survey 10,000 respondents uh, throughout the year. Uh, we release data in two different waves. So we fuse this to our, our fall survey and we just came out with data um, fused to our fall 2019 study. Um, and then we also fuse to our spring study. So we're entering field now for the next wave of data, which will which will uh, fuse to spring 2020. It's a nationally representative sample, same as our national study. Um, and so all that all that richness that you get from the national studies, uh, consumer psychographics, their media behaviors, the brands they shop, um, their you know general attitudes, interests, habits, behaviors, hobbies, etc. Um, all that we now have on top of the sports teams they follow, the leagues they engage with, how they engage, um, the esports games that they are fans of, uh, the ways that they're watching esports content or following their favorite athletes, teams, and players, um, you know, and so on and so forth. We did uh, just publish a very large report that dissects uh, a lot of this, um, but. For our sports fan clients, um, both existing and, and new ones, uh, they can have access to the full data set on their own, and they can slice and dice it however they please. Um, so, you know, a good example, something I've been uh, working on with a, with an esports team is, you know, they have particular categories that there it was their goal entering 2020 to to sign on, you know, brands in these particular categories, and, and some of those categories could be auto, a, fi a financial service brand, um, a, a local like. A quick service restaurant, although I think they they dropped that one in light of COVID. But anywho, they wanted to see in these particular categories that they identified as being you know key for them 
for their growth this year, uh, what are the top brands that um, overlap with their fans? And they wanted to get at the granularity of within our DMA, people who are you know frequent followers of, I think it was Call of Duty was their particular team they were looking at, what are the top 10 auto brands that these fans drive or their household owns? You know, they some of these people might have their own car, but they still live with their parents. What, did the, what does the household have? Um, and then the same thing with um, with fashion brands, with credit card companies. And so that's, you know, that's a kind of off the shelf analysis that we can deliver um, to an esports team. Um, on the other hand, you know, we have um, we work with gaming leagues who want to help their, you know, help their teams and in general want to understand kind of how to profile um, these different fans um, for from a marketing perspective, like what's the best way to attract them. You know, right now, if they're trying to attract them to an online game, we can help them find out what other places besides Twitch and, um, you know, Mixer and these kind of common uh, channels for 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 gaming content, where else can we reach them to promote a particular, you know, esports event or initiative? And where can we expand our brand or a brand of a partner? Um, so these are, you know, all different ways that we can cut the data or a user can cut the data um, to, to drive their business objectives. So this is obviously a huge initiative. You, I mean, you have an entire dedicated study to it. Uh, so. I guess a good question to ask, I know you've already given a few stats, but what is the actual overall size of the audience that esports really attracts? Yeah, um, so I'm uh, I gotta, I'm cheating here. I'm reading from slides from the report that I, I just uh, dropped a teaser on. Um, so uh, according to our data, this is among um, adults 18 plus. So 19% of all adults in the US would identify as being an esports fan. Um, that is, you know, that's below our other leagues that we measure, Major League Soccer, NASCAR, UFC. Those are kind of the next ones just above that. Um, and for context, like the NFL, um, 70% of, of America would say that they're a fan of the NFL. So that's the kind of um, difference we're looking at, 19% to 70%. Um, but that said, among 18 to 34-year-old Americans, the proportion who are esports fans doubles. And a full 36% over one in three of, of US 18 to 34 would say, I'm an esports fan. And that's a you know, pretty amazing jump. Um, they, you know, that's more than a 100, uh, 200 index for 18 to 34 year olds to be a fan here. I'm not surprised that it's not as large as traditional sports yet, since it's so new. Uh, but when I'm now, now I'm kind of thinking about the fan base when it comes to traditional sports, and of course there are some incredibly loyal fans. Is it the same in esports? Definitely. Um, a majority of fans feel that esports deserves the same recognition as other sports. Um, it was discussed for a long time leading up to um, the Olympics this summer whether esports was going to have a spot like an official medaled event um, in in the Olympics in 2020 which is kind of a crazy idea when I heard that and and ultimately they decided no it, this wasn't its year um, but 40% of esports fans feel that it should um, so you know we'll see kind of when the Olympics are rescheduled or when the next Olympics are um, you know what what comes of that um i think actually this is kind of a, a side note the the ioc the international olympic committee they had decided they were going to host sanctioned ioc esports events 
um, in Japan around the Olympics. They just weren't going to be official Olympic events. So again, they're like testing the waters. There's definitely interest, um, you know, at an, at this you know highest echelon of competition for for esports to be up there. Well, and I think that you know also proves another kind of commonly shared point among esports fans, which is that you know these games take the same amount of skill as other sports. Um, it's just a different type of skill, um, and these athletes they you know they work for it. They they train. You know, hours every day. They have specific regimens. You know, not just down to like their tactics on the screen, but they they they're thinking about their mind and body balance, and you know what goes in affects the kind of uh, output they have in the competition. So you know, this is there's really a lot of real science and resources going into building the best athletes um, at the highest level. Um, and then from a sponsorship perspective, we see that fans. Uh, are really supportive of sponsors. So, um, you know, for first of all, two thirds of them think that esports will be the next big thing. Um, a half of them feel that esports communities had a very positive impact on their life. Um, about half of them also want to pass their love of esports on to future generations, thinking about the longevity of this trend. But then to the point about sponsors, you know, in general, the 61% of them say that having a corporate sponsorship is a sign of esports success. Um, a majority say that brand sponsorship elevates an esports team event or player, that they're more likely to notice a brand that sponsors an esport um, than they are to notice a brand on, you know, advertising on TV. Um, and, and and still more than half of them wish that there was more sponsorship in esports, which is kind of unbelievable because I don't think if you ask any traditional sports fan if there should be more ads in, you know, in baseball or football, you know, they would say, well, I don't, where would you put them? Um, there's, yeah, like there's plenty. So, uh, no, esports fans are very receptive and understand that the more corporate sponsorship esports has, um, the better it is for their passion to, to live on. I wonder if anyone thought that when the first video came out that they could be called an athlete a few decades later. That's right. Well, I mean, it's good. Esports has been brewing, um, really since like the 80s. I mean, that's that's like a whole other podcast. But um, there's, you know, competitive gaming is kind of as old as gaming itself. Um, you know, just started as people competing at your local arcade. Um, but there were even early signals of, of competitive gaming going on TV in the late 80s and early 90s, which ultimately didn't pan out. Um, but we're seeing, you know, new networks um, that are popping up now dedicated to gaming, um, and I, I think we will see more and more uh, gaming content on traditional channels like Lunar TV. Uh, you also said earlier that many sports fans are also esports fans. Do you think that esports has the potential to pull people away from traditional sporting events, or is it just another hobby, another thing that they like to do? Yeah, I think it's more the latter. Um, I don't think that traditional sports should feel threatened by esports, and I don't think that they have in general. I think um, they recognize it for what it is, which is an opportunity to expand, um, you know, reach into an audience that they maybe haven't been engaging with as strongly as they could. Um, so, you know, there's, it makes a lot of sense to me that the NBA created the NBA 2K League. You know, this is a way to engage your active basketball fans more, uh, particularly younger ones um, who are, you know, playing video games. Um, and 
and then and then you see also a lot of the investment into esports is coming from traditional sports people. Um, so you know, again, it's like if I own a, a football team, you know, that's a lot of value there. Um, but I can expand the value that I have to offer to a sponsor by also having an esports team because it it reaches a lot of the same audience, but then it reaches this totally new audience as well. Um, and we do see that overall, 85 to 90% of esports fans would would say that they're also a fan of a traditional sport. There's a lot of inf- innovation that's really going into esports right now, it, just from what I'm hearing from you. I'm wondering if a traditional sports has learned anything from esports and has started to adapt any of those you know, new concepts or new innovations to their events as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think this has been... We've already, you know, we've been seeing this in a lot of ways, and you've probably noticed it too. Like, um, you know, the concept of having, um, well, really just the concept of streaming a live sports game to the internet, like that was kind of a, it seems like something very trivial and obvious now, but, you know, streaming came from gaming. Like that, the kind of Twitch was the first streaming platform. Um, where people were streaming themselves playing games, um, and that was designed for gaming. And um, now we're seeing, you know, streamers in the traditional space streaming their coverage of, you know, a particular uh, game going on in the background or, or what it might be. Yeah, and I think that there's, there's, uh, it's all feeding itself now. Like um, traditional sports, they're investing highly in esports. Esports is showing them a path on how to engage people online. Uh, traditional sports needed to do that, and they're learning from the guys who are, are, are leading the front. Um, and now the, the the industries are are coming together, um, and they're kind of they're kind of one and the same. And we'll we'll continue to see that. I think. As a final question, we always ask our guests to think ahead, and I would have asked you if we're going to continue to hear more about esports, but I think it's pretty obvious that we will. So my question is. Thinking ahead, what kind of innovations might we see in our current climate when it comes to esports, from operations to advertising? Yeah. Um, well, so I mentioned that Mastercard and League of Legends uh, partnership. I'm interested to see if that kind of activation becomes a programmatic buy, um, like if they could start to manipulate which ad is being served to you know which person watching the stream or watching the live event based on you know their profile i think virtual i think you know vr competition is uh something else vr games virtual reality games that are you know more even more physically um involved uh, is kind of where you know another future another line of the future of esports goes and so bringing brands in that space could be really interesting um and then also i think you know another thing to to mention is just that gaming has gone mainstream already um and so people like ninja um or you know celebrities like drake who have come out and said yeah i'm a huge gamer and he invested heavily in an esports team um i think as we see more gaming celebrities um, rise to that kind of tier one status um, that it'll just kind of continue to, to add fuel to this fire. So I, I kind of am in of the theory that esports is a natural progression of, you know, where where sports, media technology and gaming have kind of converged and social media involved in that as well. 
Um, and so I don't, I see that as a, this being the result of a, a longer trend and, and it lasting for a long time. So uh, MRI Simmons will be there to, to track it along the way because that's our job. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Ben. For anyone who's listening who wants more information about the sports study that Ben mentioned, I am going to leave a link below in the description so you can go ahead and click that to learn more. Also, make sure to review and subscribe to the Thinking Ahead podcast so you can never miss an episode. We'll see you next time. And now our closing segment, listen to this, where we'll share some fun facts pulled from our studies across GFK. Hopeful for the return of sports? Listen to this. According to GFK's coronavirus consumer pulse, 54% of Americans do not support the reopening of sports leagues, citing unnecessary exposure to and spread of the coronavirus. However, given that the league reopenings are a reality, a near majority agree that the business generated by sports helps the economy recover, and they also consider live attendance appropriate as long as public health guidelines are in place. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, click the link in the description. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.